Welcome to Afterwatch. We are talking about Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaba, which actually, um, I guess, means Blade of Demon Destruction. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. That's a loose translation, anyway. <laughs> I'm Tim. This is Ashley. That's right. And if you haven't heard us before, I'm on uh, the My Hero Academia feed. Ashley, of course, uh, we've been doing the Food Wars show for a while now, mm -hmm. but we decided to break off and do this. Because uh, I've been meaning to do this Demon Slayer show, uh, cover the anime for a long time. But now it's finally happening and I'm so excited. So uh, let's talk about a few <laughs> facts for the, uh, the manga and everything else before we actually get into the show, the anime, the first episode proper. Before we do that, though, I want to remind you guys, this is a new feed we're starting up here. So if you want, please give us a nice review over there on the Apple Podcast or Audible. If you have any questions or comments about this or want us to talk about things on the show itself, fictionalquestions at gmail.com is where you go to reach us. Otherwise, just subscribe because we're going to keep talking at least through the first season and the movie. By the time we get done with the first season, I'm sure the movie will be out here in the States. And then at some point, season two is happening later this year. So who knows how long this is going to go? <laughs> I'm excited about this. Let's talk about, do you know anything about the creator? No, I think you were explaining. Yeah, a it was bit actually just. It. Yeah, so what's kind of funny, the mangaka, the creator of this uh, manga or anime, the Demon Slayer, Koyaharu Gotosh, I guess is how you pronounce it. It's a pen name, and no one actually hmm. knows who they are. This is a the thing. They're not public facing at all. They've never done any really uh, interviews that I can find. I've noticed this is how it is with a lot of. Um, uh, manga creators i know horikoshi who does my hero academia is very private as well rarely does uh interviews and when he does he actually wears a mask so you can't really see i guess he just wants to keep to himself i guess so maybe that's a thing with some of these creators you probably i mean as as popular as this is uh it's probably a good thing <laughs> i'm sure they'd get swarmed if people knew who they were maybe because this thing has, I mean, outsold everything. If you want to talk about the movie uh, that came out late last year over in Japan, it it has become the number one movie over and above Your Name and even Spirited Away at this point. The manga itself has sold 150 million copies. So I guess oh last God. year, yeah, just the Demon Slayer manga last year outsold every single Western comic combined so everything from marvel everything from dc combined didn't even sell as much as demon slayer sold last year that's how much manga has taken hold of not just in japan but internationally it's becoming such a big thing another thing we should mention ufotable the uh animators of the anime they're known for fate zero and fate unlimited blade works very popular shows they're known for their work in games like Code Vein and all the Tales series. Uh, they did all the cutscenes for those games as well. So you can tell if, as soon as you start watching this anime, very striking visuals. And we can get into it as certain scenes play out. But what did you think overall? Because, I mean, coming, you're pretty new to this anime, correct? Very, very new. Like I, as like speaking right now, like recording this, I've only like seriously have watched this first episode and like loosely in the background kind of the other episodes but i'm gonna go back rewatch and yeah well that's kind of fun but i so far i really i do like it it's a very 
different type of anime or like style than, than food wars yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is what, what i'm used to watching and stuff mm. you know i haven't um, yeah gone down but i think it'll line. be great to get your take and i'm actually a little jealous that you're getting to watch it all for the first time i <laughs> have finished you know of course the anime but i've also finished the manga so I know where everything's leading and and I won't spoil it at all. We're, there's not going to be any spoilers for people who are just starting up and following along. We're just going to take it as it goes episode by episode. So I hope you come along for the ride and enjoy it. I guess let's talk through this first episode. The first episode of season one is called Cruelty and it's definitely pretty harsh, right? It's yeah. it, it really sets up the whole, I guess, revenge aspect of the show. Loss. And coming to terms with that and what you're going to do about that, really. Starts with Tanjiro, the main character, carrying his sister, all bloody and and maybe on the verge of death, uh, through the snow, Mm -hmm. trying to get her some help. Just trudging through the snow, trying to make it and not wanting her to die. And we see that there's been some kind of attack and the visuals are beautiful. You're really wondering what's going on. And um, what did you think from this first part how it just kind of sets the stage very tense very um almost sad yeah because like in the beginning i'm like kind of confused i'm like oh like who's who because i don't know who's like what's going i don't know how are they related what's what was the situation what happened to get like what what uh what brought them there it starts out and you can really feel that he's trying to make something happen at least yeah. to save this girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. We find out pretty soon that it's his um, uh, it's his sister yeah. because it, when it comes back from that flash forward, I guess, he's gathering coal, Tenjiro, uh, with his family. His mom is cleaning his face. I guess they're charcoal sellers. They're not miners per se. They live up in the mountains, up in the woods, and they take the coal down to the town Mm-hmm. And sell it there. So that's what his family has always done. His dad, who's no longer with them, would do that as well. But his mom is ba- is is telling him that he doesn't have to go. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot. I mean, I guess we can talk as we talk through the episode. There's a lot of hesitance. You know, don't go. And, and we feel that. And then regret almost when he comes back and finds out what has happened. There's a lot of opportunities for him to have stayed or to gone back you know earlier than he did and so it really kind of sets uh you know guilt and regret a little bit of that going on into his psyche of of how he approaches the situation and and you know the unfolding drama that goes on anyway we meet the family and the siblings of course all want to go with him he can't take the cart though because there's too much snow so he has to kind of go on foot so the mom says no he can't go we meet I guess the mom is Kai, and we meet the rest of the family. Nezuko's the, the older sister, Takio, the first younger brother, the youngest sister is Hanako, and then Shiguru is the second youngest brother, and the youngest brother is Rokuda, who is like kind of almost a baby. Nezuko is carrying him around, right? Mm-hmm. Tendril messes with the brother and kind of tells him just to stay and cut wood. He's kind of messing with his hair a little bit. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think it just shows a really familiar kind of fun i i really feel like this family really gets along with each other just how they're kind of messing around and having fun with each other that's what makes it so much more sad (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah because you know they they love each other and they're always like playing around and then 
God. Yeah, he bumps into Nezuko as he's leaving, and he mentions how she's been really helping take care of the younger kids since the dad passed. But then you get this foreboding feeling because he says, you know, happiness, all this happiness. But then when happiness gets destroyed, it's always followed by the smell of blood. Mm-hmm. And this is when we're kind of introduced to something about Tenjiro is that he has this really strong sense of smell. Yeah. When he gets into town, we see that uh, the townspeople are really surprised to see him because of the weather. They're really welcoming of him. Everyone seems to like him. Uh, but this one guy gets run out of this one house and he's accused of breaking this plate. They have Tenjiro smell the plate and he says it smells like a cat. So it wasn't this guy. Yeah, and they totally trust him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was but- just like, whoa. All right. They're just going to really trust the sense of smell. That means that. He has a known, like, very keen sense of smell. Like, people know about his sense of smell. Mm -hmm. And this will come into play. I don't want to give too many spoilers of where that's going. But, I mean, it comes into play pretty early on where this goes as far as him being able to smell things that are out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. Um, So he stays there all day selling the coal and everything. He ends up going back late when night's falling. And as he's trudging up the mountain, this guy, Saburo tells him to stop and get inside his house. You know, I guess he says it's not safe to be Mm -hmm. traveling through the woods. So he should go back to the family in the morning. He should get inside before the demons show up. (laughs) So that's your first, what do you think? Inkling of something is a little off. Something. uh, It's like, oh, so this is where the story starts. (laughs) Right. Uh, and, and he even brings up that there's always been these man-eating demons prowling around after dark. Yeah. And set out, you know, at first light, then in the morning. What I think is odd about this is it's like he's just, he seems old enough to know about these. And he's, well, I well he did say later that his, uh, he says that soon, right? His grandma told him about these stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the grandma. He's actually, because he's thinking about this. At first, he's, he asked the guy, well, what's going to stop the demons from just coming into the house and getting us? He's like, the only thing that really stops the demons are the demon slayers. Mm-hmm. And they're out there killing as many as they can. But yeah, he, he just, when he starts to go to sleep, he really tries to tell himself, there's no such thing as these demons. Uh, even though the grandma, he remembers Siako, I guess is her name, uh, bringing up that there were demons out there in the woods. Mm-hmm. So that brings, you know, that makes him remember that. It's just weird that they never, that they know that there's demons in the woods and they don't do any preparation to like, like they don't train them or. Well, I like, think that what it is, is I, I tend to think that what's going on with this is that uh, his family doesn't really want to talk about <laughs> things that are going on outside of their Yeah, maybe life. the mom knew. Maybe the fa- maybe the father died that way. I don't know. <laughs> I, I actually don't uh, know. Do you well, find yeah, out how the father... we can talk about... Okay. There is history and things, but yeah, that's why I really want to stay away from spoilers as much as possible. <laughs> well, yeah, I <laughs> but, know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the next morning, he's going back and he smells blood. And when he gets there, he it's this grisly sight of right outside the house uh nezuko lying in the snow all bloody holding on to the younger kid mm-hmm. and he thinks at first they're both dead goes over and nezuko still is alive barely but then he looks inside and he sees everyone else is just dead too and it's just it's yeah. what you know gut punch of emotions right there you know 
Yeah. The next minute, all of a sudden, he's running. He's back running. And it's this, you know, the moment from that we saw before where the show starts of him running with Nezko. She's still warm, trying to get her down the, from the mountain, get her to a doctor. And he's thinking, what happened? It couldn't be, you know, he's not even thinking about demons at that point. He's thinking about could have been a bear, you know, something go, where they're attacked by the, the wilderness, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's when her hand starts moving, starts convulsing, and she comes to, and she starts actually kind of sounding like a zombie. And they fall off the cliff down into a snow. And when he comes to, Nezuko is just standing there looking like a zombie, actually. Yeah, starting to uh, growl and stuff, too. Yeah, and she attacks him. She jumps on him, and it looks like she's become this zombie. Her... Yeah, her face is really what all the veins are kind of popping out. Her eyes are kind of popping out. She looks almost monstrous. Yeah, like a and, vampire kind of. Kind of gives yeah. me like these demons kind of like look like vampires a little bit too. I don't know. They have. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it, but they're very vampirific in nature. Because they look like they're like themselves still like humans, but just more mm-hmm. sharper, like sharper teeth, like uh crazy eyes yeah you know pul- well but she names. even starts growing getting bigger and growing and getting yeah. stronger where she's able to hold him down this young girl <clears throat> at this point he is 13 if you were wondering um he's 13 at this point in the story mm, okay um, so they're still pretty young so she's pretty young too i think she's a year or two behind him at this point so they're not even like <laughs> they're very preteen, but yeah, she becomes this much bigger, stronger monster of a person, and he really doesn't want to think that she's gone, that she's become this demon thing, that that he's ready to still try to save her, and he even is apologizing as she's attacking, you know, or tr- starting to attack him. He apologizing for not being there to help her and telling her to not let it, whatever this is, possessive thing that's inside of her don't let it take control yeah and then she starts crying you can see the tears start welling up in her eyes and there's this moment of where it's like is something else gonna happen is she not going to attack it is she gonna stop and then this swordsman attacks and she moves just in time and everyone kind of gets up and they start facing off against each other Mm -hmm. but instead of him running away he stands, Tanjiro stands to protect his sister from this swordsman who's obviously kind of moving in to hurt her. Because it's it becomes obvious pretty quick that he's a demon slayer and that he thinks she's a demon and he needs to get rid of her. And he attacks and there's this kind of faint struggle where all of a sudden uh, Tanjiro loses sight of Nezuko and then the guy has, you know, hold of her. Mm-hmm. And he grabs her and he he's basically saying there's nothing to do now. At this point, once they become a demon, the only thing you can do is get rid of them and you have to decapitate them. And Tanjiro... I was like he's having a whole conversation and just hasn't killed her yet. <laughs> I just like how he's like, I don't know, it's a, it's well, a, it's a, it's a show. <laughs> well, it's a show, but it also he's trying to explain himself. I yeah. think he sees that these are young kids and he has to explain why he has to kill this girl. And he doesn't want to do it right, like, then, like, I don't know, he doesn't want to But he also that thinks that he has complete control of the situation, being yeah. a demon slayer. True. And Tanjiro's whole point is that because he can smell things, he smelled another scent. 
went in that house when he came back and found everyone there's another scent there and so he's convinced himself that that other person whoever that was was the person that killed the family not nezuko so you should spare nezuko's life but it's too late it doesn't matter because she's turned the wound has been exposed to demon blood so that's why she's kind of turned and that's very vampire like Mm -hmm. yes and exactly and um Tanjiro thinks that uh, he can heal his sister and the Demon Slayer is convinced, no, they can't be healed. But what Tanjiro says that he's going to hunt down the real killer and find out how to heal his sister. And that becomes his mantra, his reason to live at this point, you know, and and a lot of the big push of the story going forward. That's what he wants to do. He wants to find the killer who killed his family, the revenge aspect, I guess. Once he finds out who this person is, how they turn or you know, how they turned his sister, maybe he can figure out how to turn her back or heal her. Mm -hmm. Problem is, this demon slayer doesn't believe that it can be done. He doesn't think there's a way to turn them back. And he even starts telling Tanjiro to stop groveling because at this point, he's begging for his sister's life. You know, he's down, don't grovel and give the enemies a chance to kill you is what he's saying. And he even has a speech going on the, the demon slayer who we find out is named Gyu later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says that uh, the weak have no rights and they're only going to relentlessly be crushed by the strong. So at this point, showing that he's so weak, you, he has no respect for Tanjiro. But at the same point, you can hear going in his head that he's really uh, upset about having to do this. And he really wishes that he'd gotten into town even half a day sooner. Yeah. So, so he could that save. maybe he could have... Yeah. Save them and his family wouldn't have been killed and none of this would have happened. Right, exactly. And so he, he he does start telling, you know, Tanjiro, feel, remember this moment, feel this rage and, you know, let it fuel whatever you need to do. It's like a revenge thing. He talks about the pure rage of being unable to forgive what's gone on. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't think that there's any way that Tanjiro can heal this girl. I don't think he's ever seen it happen, probably. You know, someone come back from being turned. I mean, it seems pretty immediate. It's not like I know that in some vampire stories or whatever, you know, it takes a couple days. (laughs) So maybe there might be a way to to stop it or change it back or or maybe even a zombie story. Like if you cut off part of a limb, you can stop the spread of the virus or whatever. But it doesn't seem that way in this. Anyway, Tanjiro is not going to give up. He starts running. He throws some rocks uh, and then rushes in but uh, and gets knocked out almost immediately. But he thought he was when he was rushing in that he was going to attack with that hatchet. And then he's empty handed. So where is it? And then he looks up just the last moment and the hatchet's like coming for his head. Yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah, he moves really quickly and it, and it hits the tree. And he's like, this kid <laughs> actually. He's you special. Know, had the... <laughs> well, yeah, he. He actually pulled one over on him and mm-hmm. he's like just shocked by that. I think it's kind of funny because uh, it reminds me a little bit of uh, My Hero Academia in the beginning where All Might is, is talking about Deku and saying he says something about this kid. And even when uh, Deku finally gets to uh, UA, there's a moment where Eraserhead says this kid. So I feel like this is a, a motif maybe was shown in... <laughs> manga yeah. and anime where it's like this guy comes from you know no one expects him 
you know, to do what he does. They think he, they write him off basically right from the beginning. That and always happens. He, shows he, have, One he has the courage. Like, and that. that always happens. <laughs> yeah. Like. But, yeah, but that's where this is going. Nezuko, at this point, because uh, Gyu, the Demon Slayer, is so shocked, Nezuko gets away from him and runs and protects the fallen Tanjiro. Basically gets in front of him so that he can't attack Tanjiro anymore. And that's when he's realizing, wait, she's still fighting him when really any other demon would be like feasting on this guy, right? Yeah. So maybe there's something, you know, maybe these two are different. She, maybe they have some kind of connection that's keeping her from attacking him. And that maybe there is a chance, you know, why, you know, why is it that she's protecting him instead of eating him? And so instead of killing her, he kind of karate chops her in the neck. I know. <laughs> you know it's like a Miss Piggy. hi <laughs> And then she's done. Anyway, he wakes up. The Demon Slayer, he leaves basically with saying that that he needs to go to old man Sakanji Urakadaki up in the mountain, Mount Sagiri. And then he's to tell him that Gyu has sent you. And Gyu, of course, being this Demon Slayer guy. And we don't know why that is. But it must be just, you know, at this point, it must be just because he was so shocked that this kid actually got one over on him. Yeah. That he attacked him, that he had the, or the he guts. He was like, yeah, the guts. There we go. To, was... to attack a demon slayer unarmed. Anyway. Yeah. So the episode then basically ends with him gathering up the bodies of family and burying them and having to leave them all behind with Nezuko, who looks to be pretty healed at this point. We see the, the demon aspects of her being able to heal have have kicked in anyway and that's kind of where it ends like with them walking away like normal she looks yeah. pretty normal most of the time <laughs> yeah and i think that's where she kind of goes and we'll see how the progression of that uh as we go through the uh the episode but this is a lot of setup so i i feel like it's a lot of exposition and then we're gonna get into some more of the action as we're going on because next time he's got to go meet urakadaki and start training mm-hmm. Anyway, what did you think of this? I, I like it so far. It's, yeah, it's I really fun. do like it. I hope, I really hope for those of you listening and coming along for the ride that we do it justice. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Tanjiro. Uh, we mentioned how old he was at the start of this. He's 13. For most of the uh, anime show, I guess, he's between 15 to 17. Um, his first name contains the kanji for charcoal, to heal and sun and um the first kanji of his surname uh translates to a traditional japanese wood or charcoal fueled cook stove so it all kind of goes together with the charcoal selling that we saw him do that we saw his family do mm-hmm. but also the second character within his uh within his surname could also reference exorcism of demons mm. so there's something <laughs> too So I feel like there's a lot going into his name that speaks to the story. It also says here that when Tanjiro lies, he can't keep a straight face due to his honest nature. So I guess that speaks to who he is. And and we'll see a lot more of this behavior and and just what he's willing to do for his sister and for what he thinks is right. For, I guess, uh, justice and, and trying to, you know, keep other people alive, you know, in a way that he couldn't. He wasn't able to do for his family and i think that's kind of the 
the bulk of where this is going. Anyway, hopefully you're enjoying this. We'll be, mm-hmm. we'll be back with more next time. Uh, but until then, our watch has ended. I've been Tim. This has been Ashley. All right, take care, guys. Characters, fictional characters. Am I am I getting through to you at all?